listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. My name is Sam Jones, and I am super excited to be hanging out with all of you this evening. I actually get to be here every single week as a small group with a group of guys. Pretty sure they're over there. Yep, against the wall. Love it. They are awesome. Um, but I'm really, really pumped to be talking about this brand new series that we're in over it. As Ryan kind of kicked us off, uh, we're talking about stress and anxiety and worry. And this is something that's been a big part of my life personally. And so that's why I'm looking forward to talking about it more tonight. Um, but this whole series over it is not the idea that, hey, we need to get over stress and anxiety. That's not what we're going to be talking about tonight or the next couple weeks as well. But kind of the idea that we're over a bunch of things when it comes to stress and anxiety and worry. Um, thinking about, you know, everything that it robs us of, that we're not able to do, that maybe we're held back because of it. Or maybe there's a stigma around talking about stress or anxiety and worry, those types of things. Uh, maybe you've, you've had a lot of sleepless nights because of this. Or maybe just a lot of fear. That's what we're going to be talking about, has, how we're over dealing with that. And how we want to have a conversation about this in a completely different way. And, and Ryan kind of uh, gave a disclaimer at the very beginning as well. And I, I want to say this again of, hey, you know, th- we're going to talk about the spiritual aspects tonight and over the next couple weeks as well. But uh, there's things like counseling and therapy and medication that are also helpful as well. I know counseling has been incredibly important in my own personal journey too. So uh, as we get going, uh, I want to go ahead and tell you a story. Um, So my wife, Nicole, I want to tell you a story about her. She's in the room right now, but I won't point her out because that would be the biggest nightmare for her in her life. Um, So I want to tell you a little bit about her. She is wonderful. She's perfect in so many different ways, but she does have a flaw or two. And I want to talk about one of those flaws with all of you. I hope this is a safe space. So for her, um, she's driving down in the road, or on the road, hopefully, of course, on the road, driving, and all of a sudden, there's a little ding in the car, and the light comes on, and it's a gas light. So the gas light comes on, and what does this mean? It means that, hey, your car is close to running out of gas, and when you run out of gas, then something is going to be wrong. You're not going to be able to drive your car at that point. So uh, that gaslight comes on with a lot of people. Uh, that means you go and find the nearest gas station. You fill up so this, you don't have a problem here. Well, Nicole loves to continue to drive. Um, and the thing is, in her car, uh, it says how many specific miles she has left until she's actually empty. And so she continues to drive because it's like, hey, I still have 20 miles 15 miles, 10 miles, and then it gets to a point where it doesn't say zero, it just goes dash, dash. Basically like, hey, why haven't you gone to the gas station yet? Why haven't you done this? And this is about the time when I get into her car. So I turn on her car and get the dashes of death looking at me at this point, and then I have to pray just to get to the gas station in time so the car will continue to run. The thing is, is that there was a warning light about what was about to happen, about something that was going to go wrong. And we have these all throughout our life as well. And I think about in, in my own personal journey with stress and anxiety and worry, it happened to me, one of the biggest moments happened to me at the end of my freshman year of college. 
So I went away to college and I was super pumped. I don't know if any of you guys were super pumped to go to college, but I know I was. I was really excited to go there for mostly the social aspects of college. So I went in uh, freshman year, first semester, super, super excited, thinking it was going to be great, and ended the semester on academic probation. So that was nice. Um, and so going into second semester, you think, hey, Sam, you're really going to get it together. Well, I really didn't get it together. So went into second semester, it's coming towards the end of the semester. I'm like, oh, man, if I don't do well, they're going to encourage me not to come back to this university. So uh, it comes to the end of the semester. I'm freaking out. I'm getting so worried. I'm getting so stressed. I take all of my exams, all of my tests, and I'm finally done. But that's when it hits me. It was that night, as soon as everything had finished for the semester, so many people had gone home for the summer or gone to their internships, I decided to stay in my college town to work there for that summer, and I became physically sick from the anxiety. I remember specifically exactly where I was that night, curled up in my bed, shaking because of the anxiety that was welling up inside of me. I wanted to throw up, but I wasn't sick. It was the anxiety taking over. Because this was a story I was telling myself, that I had just failed everything. I was going to be kicked out of college, and I had a girlfriend at the time, and the girlfriend was probably going to dump me, because why would she want to date someone that got kicked out of college? So I'd have to move back home, and also I'd lose all of my college friends, which you're told, hey, your college friends are like the best friends in the entire world, and I wouldn't have those college friends anymore, so I'd be back home, and I kind of left those high school friends thinking like, hey, I'm better than you because I'm going away to college, and you're still staying here, so I'm going back to them, and that's a little awkward, so they wouldn't want to be friends with me anymore, so I'd be living in my parents' basement, but let's be honest, they wouldn't love me because I failed out of college, and so they'd kick me out of the house, and then at that point, I wouldn't be able to find a job because I don't have a degree, and so I wouldn't be able to make any money to live in a house, so I'd be homeless. <sighs> that's what I continued to tell myself that night, and that's why I was so anxious and feeling sick. You know, we all have different things in our lives that cause stress and anxiety, um, I just think about uh, whether you uh, keep a calendar on your phone or if you're old school, if it's trendy now, I don't know, to have a paper calendar, you tell me. Uh, but you're looking at the calendar and you've got classes, you've got exams, you've got a job, an internship, uh, fraternity or sorority events, so many different things on that calendar. Or it could be you've got some family drama that's continuing to cause some stress and some worry in your life. You could be in a dating relationship right now that's super exciting, uh, you're hanging out more, you're going on dates, but then you know, he or she's not texting back as fast as you think you should, and, and then you're wondering, like, does he or she like me as much as I like them? Or, hey, there's this whole idea of love. What is love? It, do, is this love? Is this what love looks like? Do I love? Do they love? Like, what does that look like? This is causing more stress and anxiety in your life. Or it could be, uh, you know, when that time of the year rolls around that it's time to schedule classes. you got to figure out what are the best classes to take, but I'm trying to decide if I want to be a doctor or an art history major, and none of those classes fit in both of those. So it's very difficult. You're trying to figure out what classes, what major, what does that look like? We have so many things in our lives that are causing stress and anxiety, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And as we're talking through this, you know, everybody deals with this on a different level. So I don't want to uh, discount anybody's experience with anxiety, 
But the truth is that this is, is rising where we live. This is rising in our world when it comes to stress and anxiety. And when I was uh, preparing for this, I was shown some different statistics that I really want to share with you uh, that were pretty uh, mind-blowing for me. So the first one, uh, over 40 million Americans suffer with some level of anxiety. So if you think you're alone, trust me, there's 40 other million uh, or 40 million people feeling the exact same way. Uh, next one, th this is crazy. Uh, anxiety is the most common form of officially classified mental illness in the U.S. That's not, that's not the wild part, this is. That in some ways, anxiety is more frequent than the common cold. So we're about to go into the heart of cold and flu season, and you'll be looking around and seeing a bunch of people with runny noses and stuff and be like, gosh, a lot of people have a cold. And you can just look around and be like, oh, a lot more people have anxiety instead. It'd be about the same. Uh, next, the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. So a child today is feeling so much anxiety uh, like to the effect that it was the same amount as someone that was a psychiatric patient years ago. That, that is crazy. And then the lifetime incident rate of anxiety is over 25%. Now, this isn't just like any type of anxiety, but it's talking about one in four people will experience some type of debilitating anxiety, one that they're feeling physically, that type of anxiety. This is continuing to rise, and it is... Uh, a huge, huge problem. And I truly believe that a lot of it has to do with uh, the culture and the society and the world that we live in today and the many things that we are bombarded with over and over again. And I feel like we can break it down into three different areas specifically. And the first is that we feel overwhelmed. We feel overwhelmed. We also feel overcommitted. And we also feel overexposed. This is what it looks like. So we'll talk about these even more. So overwhelmed, you know, we are processing a lot of different things in our lives. You know, we were talking about the different things that pop up and give us stress and worry. Think about all the decisions that you have to make each and every day, whether it has to do with what to wear to class, who to hang out with, what drink to order at Starbucks, all those different things, and so many things that have even more weight to them. There's so many decisions that we have to make over and over again. And there's expectations and culture and the people around us that we're trying to meet at the same time. And next, we are overcommitted. We are so busy. We're doing a lot of different things. Um, I know that I am guilty of this, and maybe you are too. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, how are you doing? And you respond, I am good, but man, I am so busy. We see busyness as almost a status symbol. Uh, this idea that, hey, if I'm really busy or tell people that I'm really busy, that means that I am really important. And then we're also overcommitted because uh, we have this idea that we're going to miss out on something if we're not there. At least I am definitely the ultimate when it comes to that. I love being around people and I want to be at every little thing. You want to hang out with this friend, but you're also asked out on a date and your family wants to see you as well, but you also need to study for a test. There's so many different things going on that we have made commitments to. And then the last one, we are overexposed. We see so many things on a daily basis. 
I mean, just alone, you know, I think there's a lot that gets harped on about our phones, but, it, but it's true. How many notifications do you get during the day, whether it has to do with text messages or emails or Snapchats or Instagram notifications or whatever it may be, how many of those are coming across your phone each and every day? It could even be the news. There's a lot of different things that happen in the news each and every day that can cause stress and worry and anxiety. I even think about um, the idea, I've heard people talk about, hey, like, I just really need to zone out for a second, all right? I just need to relax and be calm. Just let me, let me scroll. I'm just going to scroll through Instagram for a little bit. So they start scrolling and it's like, oh, this is relaxing. I'm doing nothing, but I'm looking. But I, I truly believe that there's more to it. At least this is my experience of scrolling through and thinking, man, I'd love to be on that vacation. That would be awesome. Or continue on and thinking, oh, that, their parents seem really normal because mine are pretty crazy. I would love to have those types of parents. Um, moving on of, gosh, this person just graduated and they're able to do these things. Like, how much are they, they getting paid in that job? Like, I, oh, gosh, I can't wait to get that. And it's one of these things that I continue to be exposed to so much that I begin to compare myself and it causes more stress that maybe I should be doing something else or I should be someplace else. I don't know about all of you, but it makes me feel exhausted, just tired. Just like there's this weight or this tension in your shoulders and your back, but it's more than like this physical exhaustion but it's inside as well. Feeling this heaviness or this tension or uneasiness, and it goes deeper. It goes deeper into maybe your soul. Your soul feels just depleted, feels exhausted, and as if you have nothing left because we've been overwhelmed, overcommitted, and overexposed. We've talked about how anxiety is on the rise, but there's one thing uh, that hasn't changed is that people are, have always been looking to find rest in some capacity. They, they want rest. All of us want to be rested. I mean, when we were doing fam updates, somebody was so excited that we got 10 hours of sleep. That's awesome. That's so great. We want to find rest. And the thing is, is that uh, thankfully Jesus has talked about rest to so many before. And so I want to read a few verses and then uh, that we can dissect it a little bit and find what this type of rest is that Jesus is talking to us about. So this is in Matthew, pulled up right here. And this is what he says. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there is a lot right there. So let's go right to the beginning. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus is telling them, hey, come this direction. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to be connected with you. His arms are wide open saying, hey, hey, let's not do this alone. I want to help you in this. So come to me. Next, he says, those who are weary and burdened. Now, I'm pretty sure uh, that is a lot of us. He, you know, talking about the idea of weary and burdened, who are those that have stress and anxiety? 
that you continue to strive for so many different things. Uh, There's depression, maybe even thoughts of suicide or fear of the future or fear of the unknown. This weariness and this burden that we continue to carry. And he says, I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. You may be feeling like you don't have any hope, but Jesus wants to provide hope. He's saying, I'm going to give you that hope. You may feel like there's no peace at all, but Jesus is saying, hey, I'll give you that peace. And he continues, and we kind of take a little uh, part right here, saying, take my yoke, and then you will find rest for your souls. And taking my yoke, uh, some of you may not know what yoke means. You may. It's not talking about eggs or working out and being yoked or anything like that. Uh, but what he's talking about is kind of like an agricultural term and a farming term. A yoke is what went over oxen uh, when they were trying to plow the fields, that type of thing. Um, and so what he's saying is, hey, that, that yoke that you have, it, that is heavy. What you're carrying is heavy. But when you come to me, join in this relationship together that yoke that we have as we move forward is light. And this is where we can find rest together in this. And so the thing is, is that Jesus is telling us so much in these few verses about where to find this rest and why we should find it in him. And we could all boil it down to one simple sentence, and it's this. Your soul is at its best when you come to Jesus for rest. Your soul is at its very best. The time that it has the most energy, the most hope, the most excitement, or just the most rest. It is at its best when you come to Jesus. When you come to him that's asked to be in a relationship together that is saying, hey, let's not do this alone. That Jesus is where you can find your rest. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, man, Sam, that that sounds great. That is awesome. Like, this Jesus guy, if he's going to give me rest, that sounds really good. But like, how does this happen? How do I do this? How do I find this rest? Well, everyone loves a good acronym. So let's do that. Let's go through rest right now. So first, first thing you got to do is reprioritize. Reprioritize. Look at the different things that you have going on in your life. We talked about um, the different things that cause us to feel stress and worry and anxiety What would it look like to almost write everything out and kind of assess the value that you have on them and putting those that have the highest priority right at the top and those being the ones that you need to focus on. So that's what it means to reprioritize the aspects of your life. Next is to eliminate distractions. What is it for you that is maybe causing more stress and anxiety and worry that is actually in the way of accomplishing more? What does that look like? Is it for you that you're on Netflix all the time or is it social media? Or could it even be a relationship? Could it be a friendship that continues to cause the stress and anxiety? How can we eliminate those distractions? And the next one is solitude. So if you haven't heard of solitude before, uh, at its most simplest form, solitude means to be alone in silence and stillness. That's the easiest way to think about solitude. 
And what is great about solitude is that we are often so busy. There's so much that, like we were saying, that we are exposed to. We're overwhelmed. And this is a way to kind of get away, to not be reading anything, to not be writing anything, listening to music, a podcast, or be with any people. How can we be alone? Now, this may sound a little funny and weird and like, why would I have any type of solitude? Well, the idea is getting outside of that busyness, outside of all of those distractions, and to just be alone. It's a great spiritual practice as we talk about the spiritual aspects of stress and anxiety and worry. So what I would love to do is to give you guys just a small taste of what solitude is like. And so before we even do this, I'm going to tell you right now, this could be a little weird. This could feel just a little bit awkward. And uh, if this is your first time here at the living room, I'll tell you, this is not normal. We don't do this all the time, so don't worry. Um, But what I would love for us to do is just take one minute of silence together. Now, I know we can't just all be alone, so let's just pretend no one's sitting next to you right now and that you're by yourself. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to take one minute of silence together. And I'll tell you guys uh, when that minute is up. So I'd love you to do, go ahead, get comfortable in your seat, figure out how you're going to be comfortable for a minute. And then go ahead, close your eyes, take a deep breath in, a deep breath out, and then breathe normally. And I'll let you guys know when a minute is up. All right, go ahead and open up your eyes. I don't know about you, but that felt like a long time to me. Uh, And that felt really good, just being silent, nothing going on. What would it look like for you in your life to do that for five minutes? You wanna challenge yourself, 10. You wanna keep going, what about 20? What would it look like to find a way to get away and to be silent and still by yourself. And then this next one is to trust. What does it look like to trust in this process of finding rest in Jesus? And so much as this is saying, hey, Jesus, as I reprioritize my life, as I decide, hey, you are the one that's going to truly give me rest, I'm going to trust in you in this. You know, as I try to get rid of those distractions in my life, that it's going to help me focus. It's going to help me relax. It's going to help me take those deep breaths that I need to in my life. And I think a lot of it comes to trusting in that solitude. 
if we can do that on a regular basis, it feels oftentimes in solitude like we're being very unproductive, that we're not doing anything because we're just sitting there. We're just sitting there and being silent. But it's an opportunity to get out of that busyness and also listen. Listen in that relationship with Jesus. If there's anything to be said, what can we learn from those moments? What can we learn from trusting in what Jesus has for us? So um, we're going to go to small group in just a few minutes, but I just want to say one more thing. Uh, When it comes to stress and anxiety and worry, if you don't get anything out of tonight, I just want you to take this with you. That I think stress and anxiety, it, it can cause a big hold on us. And we feel like we get it all bottled up inside. But when you share it, when you tell someone about what is going on in your life, that hold that it has on you gets a little less tighter. It's a little weakened in that moment, and it will help you to grow. I'm not saying that that stress and anxiety is going to go away, but you realize, hey, I'm not alone in this. And there's going to be a lot of other people that will say, hey, I'm feeling that same way. So share with someone about what's going on in your life. Let me go ahead and pray for us. God, um, gosh, it is, it's difficult to uh, hear how anxiety continues to grow, how more and more of us are stressed out and how we're worried. And it becomes so difficult to know what direction to take because so many of us are exhausted. I know that I can be exhausted But when we trust in what you have for us, that's where we can begin to find something new, to find that rest in you that will have a new hope, that will have maybe some new joy and even a new direction that helps us to take steps forward. So God, I pray for maybe the courage tonight to share what is going on in our lives. For so many people in this room that are struggling with this. Because I know and you know that when we do that, it's in your hands that you are taking over and that it has a little less grip on us and that we are not by ourselves, Father. And I pray that we can find a way to get alone to be with you. I thank you for bringing this group here together tonight that we had an opportunity to learn more about you, Father, and for the conversations that we'll have in small group. Praise things your holy and precious name. Amen.